In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Gaiman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togedan.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone, or good evening, if you're listening in from somewhere overseas. I am Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to talk with you today about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Happiness means many things to different people. On Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, we bring you the latest information to educate and empower you to assist you in cultivating greater joy and well-being in your life and for your family. And today we have got a wonderful show, an absolutely wonderful show about being happy together. Our guest today is Dr. Bill Cloak a psychologist and friend who has just completed a book called Happy Together, Creating a Lifetime of Connection, Commitment, and Intimacy. But before we bring Bill on, I want to talk to you about a little achievement that we had overnight, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, our pending uh, 501c3 nonprofit to assist veterans uh, challenged by combat trauma issues went live and online last night. So I invite everybody out there on the airwaves to visit us at www.hh, the number four, and then heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org. That's www.hhforheroes.org. And we are really excited and really proud to launch this program out into the world and looking forward to assisting as many people as we can. Um, dealing with these issues. Okay, now uh, we've gotten a little bit of housekeeping out of the way. I would love to talk about Dr. Bill Cloak. Dr. Bill Cloak has over 30 years' experience as a licensed psychotherapist and marriage and family therapist in Los Angeles. He has continued to branch out into cognitive, behavioral, transpersonal, and self-psychology with specializations in anger management, self-esteem, sexual addiction, and relationship counseling. He has also continued to develop his curiosity and interest in what eases emotional pain, creates change, 
what affects our sense of self, and how psychotherapy cures. He uses his anthropology background to develop unique methods of working with individuals from their cultural and psychological perspective. He recently finished a book just in time for Valentine's Day about relationships and intimacy. The book is titled Happy Together, as I mentioned before, Creating a Lifetime of Connection, Commitment, and Intimacy. The book addresses how our inner life affects our ability to connect emotionally with others and create or soothe conflict, healing, and redemption. His interest is devoted to the ultimate challenge of easing pain and helping people develop better and more satisfying relationships. <clears throat> good, good morning, Dr. Cloak. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm being blown about here. We've got 75-mile-an-hour <laughs> winds where, where I'm sitting. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> yeah, about the same. Cold wind, too. Cold wind, and uh, well, at least we're not back east, where I know that, that Robin, who works with us on the show, is buried under feet, multiple yeah. feet of snow. So, well, Good cuddling weather. Good cuddling weather. Well, let's just get right to uh, the, the happy subject of being happy together and love. And Great. let's just jump right into it, uh, because this is probably one of the most asked questions of any time, and that is, what is love? What is love? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a really big question, <laughs> what is love? Love, <laughs> you know, is different at different times. I mean, I think at different stages of the relationship, love is different. I mean, I think in the initial stage of the relationship, it's very romantic, it's very idealized, it's very powerful, it's very in, uh, amphetamine-driven, you know, there's a... a, a a very intense process that goes on early on with couples where they feel very happy. They feel, you know, they get this lightning bolt of, of intensity. And, but after a period of time, that intensity develops into a kind of uh, endorphin love or, a, you know, a calming us. Hello? Oh, my. Well, we're just going to... I think Bill got swept away in the wind, so we'll get him back. And in the meantime, I would love to read to you a little excerpt from Bill's book. Uh, I'm going to read to you a few of them because I have read the book and I find the subject matter so inspiring. And one of my favorite quotes from Happy Together is, if we are willing to risk opening our hearts and minds, we will find ourselves in a universe that we never knew existed. Love is what give, gives life its color and fills us with its meaning. It's what keeps us sane and feeds our soul. And I think that is beautifully worded, beautifully expressed. And when Bill comes back on the line or the wind blows him back into our airwaves, we will continue our chat about love and his book. But there are some other things that um, Happy Together, Creating a Lifetime of Connection, Commitment, and Intimacy goes into and that is really uh, a process that he has to, uh, to work with couples, for couples to really use this book as a handbook or a workbook to bring their own relationships into a happier, more aligned place. And it's called The Happiness Cure. And it is an acronym. And The Happiness Cure talks about healing our wounds and each one of us comes to the table in our relationships with wounds with baggage left over from prior parts of our lives and really what we do in relationship our present relationship is work out old material and 
try or look to create a happier balance within ourselves and with, with the person that matters most to us. So I'm going to chat a little bit about the uh, happiness cure. And Dr. Cloak talks about compassion, understanding, respect, and empathy. And that would be uh, compassion for ourselves and, we're, and, and for others. In other words, how do we uh, regard ourselves when we're in a, in a compromised or upset situation? Do we have compassion or empathy for ourselves first? And this really is the key to so much of happiness and contentment is looking within and, and granting ourselves that compassion and empathy, which we can then project out into the world and to those we love and care about. The second is understanding understanding where we came from, what our, what our own stories are, what our backgrounds are, and appreciating who we are, where we came from, and I dare say in turn having that understanding for another. Uh, the third is respect, respecting the way we speak and act. And I close every show uh, of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio uh, really talking and wishing people to have kind thoughts you know, kinder, um, uh, kind, was it kind, I can't even remember what I say, kind words, kind thoughts, and kind actions. And that really is about respecting oneself and respecting others out in the world. And the, uh, the third again, the fourth again, is empathy towards others and ourselves. So we are um, working with Happy Together, creating a lifetime of connection, commitment, and intimacy. And um, I am here on my own because my guest has been blown away by a gust of wind in Southern California. We are having extraordinary winds today that um, are pretty amazing. And uh, I'm here. I'm with you. And I'm going to open up the phone lines and hoping there's some angels out there that want to get on the line and talk with me about being happy together in their relationships. Please call in at 877 864 Four eight six nine again eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine and and the producer is just telling me the lines are down in Texas. Texas is where our show is produced from, so the world is upside down not only in Southern California but in Texas. So let's hold a good thought for um, the phone lines getting back up. You can also reach me on Facebook at our fan page Harvesting Happiness, and I will check there. Since I'm on my own and can do whatever I want today, I'm going to go over to uh, the Facebook fan page and see if anybody's trying to uh, chat with us here. And um, no. So we will uh, just keep chatting. We're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes. And when we come back, we will hopefully have Dr. Bill Cloak on the line. And um, I'm going to read to you a little bit about the back cover or from the back cover of his book, uh, it, it, and it goes something like this. Love doesn't just happen, and it works on a far grander scale than eyes meeting across a crowded room. No matter how much passion there is at the beginning of a relationship, for love to last, it must be actively created. I like that. You know, that it's, it's an action, that love is actually doing something. It's, it's also being, because I believe that we all are love, and the, the goal is, of course, it, to bring our level of love to a, a higher place where we can be tolerant of not only our own shortcomings, but those of the ones that we care about. 
and um, see past them and keep loving them anyway because we see the goodness in one another. We are going to go to a break in a minute, and um, I want to uh, highlight a couple of things that this book is going to talk about, which is how to identify and overcome personal barriers to meaningful and satisfying connections, the defensive ways we unknowingly kill love, and how to learn from conflicts to create deeper intimacy. We are going to go to a break and come back with Dr. Bill Cloak. I'm Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, caught up in a windstorm out in the ethers. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity we'll be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with lisa cypress Kamen on toginet.com part of the grateful good grateful nation brings together patients families friends and staff of beth israel deaconess medical center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Hey, moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show's about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Oh, welcome back, everyone. I'm Lisa Cypress came and having a very good giggle over here because I'm alone in the ethers. Um, our, our guest, Dr. Bill Cloak, who is the author of Happy Together, he is a psychologist from Los Angeles, has been blown away by the high winds. Our, um, our network, TogiNet, is experiencing terrible phone problems in the middle of Texas. They're having 16-degree weather. 
And Robin Boyd, who helps me with production and marketing and everything behind the scenes to make me sound and look good, is buried in probably four feet of snow in New Hampshire, and we're trying to get her on the line. Um, so at least she and I can chat on Skype if we can't get Dr. Cloak back. So, um, well, I'm just going to keep talking here. I'm going to keep talking because I am Grace Under Fire, and I can do this. So um, I think we are patching in Dr. Bill Cloak very, very soon, and uh, he's on. Oh, hi, hi Bill. Uh, welcome back. The winds have, yeah. have blown you back to us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> so rude, those winds. They, don't they know we're talking happiness here and that yeah. they shouldn't Come be blown on. away? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to um, take a deep breath and yep. be happy that we're here together and uh, carry on. Um, we, um, were, we talking were talking about, about love. love. Before we were so thoroughly so separated. Yes. So we were yeah. talking about the different kinds of love, that kind of, you know, Cupid strikes between the eyes love, and then the more enduring, um, sustainable big love. Yeah, that's, that's what we do, we create. And the idea is that love is an activity. It's something we do every day. The problem is that it's difficult for people to do that. I mean, living in with someone over a long period of time brings up a lot of uh, difficult issues. In other words, we go from a kind of romantic state to a state of disappointment to a state of alienation. Those are normal processes. The first two we can't do anything about, but we can do something about alienation, which is we can learn how to talk about it. And we can learn about what causes alienation and what causes us to, to be distant from each other and what creates these what we call, you know, people having the same argument over and over again, and they don't really know what it's about. So what I'm trying to deal with in this book, which, by the way, is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon, so uh, what I'm trying to deal with in this book is what are, the, what are the things that are going on that create these conflicts that people can't seem to resolve, or how do we get into these negative cycles that we can't get out of? In other words, we're fighting about all these different things, but really it's the same fight. Well, no. can we can we address just or clarify for our listeners for a second what what do you mean by alienation exactly? I mean, I, I believe I know, but I think that it's it's interesting for people to understand that when we keep repeating those patterns that drive our partner away or irritate or piss them off, can you describe that a little bit? Well. <clears throat> Alienation just comes from just the process of living with one another. We just get distant. You know, we, we just don't, you know, if we don't think about it, if we don't do anything about it, you just kind of become, you just sort of drift apart slowly. So we have to make time to reconnect and make time for connections and make time to create an intimate process by both eliminating the things that, that, that create alienation naturally and also what creates alienation from what we're doing or not doing uh it's you know there's in other words with conflict which is normal and anger which is normal these things go on all the time and they create a certain amount of processes where there are things about the other person that that bother us or irritants or things that normally happen in relationships that we can't help but we can do something about them when they do happen which is to understand what's causing this for example if you have one member of the couple who is uh, really not so clear about wanting to be intimate and has some intimacy issues in regard to not wanting to know 
the other person to know who they really are for fear that they'll reject them, and the other person who's afraid of being abandoned because maybe they're not quite what you know they think they should be, but and that all kinds of conflicts really emerge from that as opposed to you know whatever they're they're arguing about on the surface you know like one person can be jealous i saw you move that picture i saw you what is whose whose cup is that i saw you looking at that woman uh but in reality it's really uh do you value me am i worthwhile um am i is your love strong enough or can i generate enough love am i lovable are more important processes that could be going on just below the surface so again knowing who we are is an important element of being able to be with someone personal happiness something you you talk a lot about has a lot to do with interpersonal happiness so if we can understand that if two happy people come together they're more likely to have a happy relationship than if they're two miserable people trying to find happiness in a relationship or That's looking personal. to the other person to provide it yeah they're looking for the relationship or the other person to provide the happiness which then gets into these expectations which then cause disappointment which then cause ambivalence which then cause alienation so again understanding what's realistically uh to be expected what really happens in relationships where conflict just comes up as a natural part of being different people and these kinds of things happen naturally like being angry it's not so much that we get angry it's what's anger telling us anger can be very informative and it lets us know what's going on like what's hurting us or what's bothering us or what do we need or what do we want so anger can be very important so we have to understand that many things are very important you know di- differences are desirable trust is earned kindness is crucial empathy is required and a good sense of humor always helps these are just <laughs> really important things to remember Well, yes, well, the sense of humor, I think, for, for personally, is tops on my list. When I was out there, speaking of sense of humor, when I was out there in the ethers on my own, when everybody was gone, I uh, was reading from your book, Happy Together, about the, the cure. And I, I know I did not do as good a job as, as you will do, but I, I'm wondering, because it's such a valuable tool, if you'd be willing to just go over it briefly for people so they could take this away and talk with their spouses or their partners or their friends and children, because it works for all relationships. Yes, right. And what specifically are you asking when we're uh, talking? The happiness cure, the, the acronym oh. for cure. Okay, the, the, the anagram for cure is compassion, understanding, respect, and empathy. And the anagram is cure. So it's a good thing to remember, both in our relationship with ourselves inter- internally and our relationship with uh, the other person. So these are the things that create love and create trust and create peace and create acceptance. And we know that this, this is... You know, many of us really know that say, yeah, that's right. Compassion, understanding, respect, and empathy does work. Why can't we do it? Why are we critical? Why are we um, defensive? Why are we contemptuous? Why do we stonewall? Why do we reject the other person? What are we afraid of? All of these in, uh, internal processes also go into it. That, yes, if I could just tell people, use the cure. And, yes, that is the goal. But getting there can be... Uh, a challenge. So again, what I'm trying to point out is that these are not easy concepts to act to actualize 
and we have to kind of know what's going on with ourselves internally as well so we can do some of that work to clear the way so that we can be uh, interpersonally uh, loving and, and use the cure. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, about uh, dealing with ourselves first. You know, I often say, and it is the tagline for my work, that happiness is an inside job. And you um, reiterate it in a different way by saying about love being an inside job. And I think all of these issues mm-hmm. start with the self. You know, our ability to right. love ourselves, be kind with ourselves, find the joy within ourselves so we can then share those gifts mm-hmm. with That's the world. Right. By the same token, if you're very self-critical, you know, you're going to be critical with your mate. If you feel bad about yourself, you're going to sense that the other person feels bad about you too. If you feel unloved, you're going to sense that the other person doesn't love you or be afraid that they won't love you and then mount up a whole bunch of defenses. So again, you know, what I try to point out in the book is how can I bring these very kind of multi-layered concepts into a kind of simple, practical way of doing it that everybody can use. And that's really what I've tried to do. But also I'm bringing my teaching background, which is I was an elementary school teacher for 11 years before I went into psychology 30 years ago. And I'm using those same techniques that I've learned to teach as a way of bringing more complex concepts into a kind of very manageable way of looking at them. And I think you just do a stupendous job of it with this book. You know, I, I have really delighted in reading it. It's very easy to read, to understand the concepts. And, they, and it does make you want to share the information with the people around you, with, with your partner. Yeah. And it, I, it is a wonderful gift to oneself and a gift to give. And it is available at Barnes & Noble. And where else did you say? Amazon.com? And Amazon.com, yes. And are you also selling it on your website, or do, will it people have uh, access to links on the website? You can go to my website at BillCloak.com or HappyTogetherBook.com, either one, and you can get right to where you can order the book. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Well, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about this. We will be going to a break shortly, and one of the things that I wanted to throw out, there are questions that I wanted to throw out there for uh, you, sure. is about fighting. Uh-huh. Is there such a thing as a good fight? Why do we like to bicker so much? Well, that's that's really a, a, the the ten billion dollar question. <laughs> you know, is it a is it a way we gas off our own emotions? You know, we just go picking fights with people, or what? What's that about? It you know, there's so many processes that that can be involved in what creates a fight. But one of the blogs that I just wrote is how a good fight can uh, can save your marriage or your relationship. And the idea is how to have good conflict. And conflict, the goal of conflict should be that you're closer at the end of it than you were at the beginning. So conflict should be intimacy creating, just well, like anger is informative, you know. We are going to go to a break. And when we come back, we are going to return to the discussion with Dr. Bill Cloak, author of Happy Together, about the good fight, fighting the good fight and coming out of it stronger and happier as a result. We'll be right back. I'm Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. 
We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guests teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy divers and piles of laundry and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen Masters and Diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton. Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Today, I'm here with Dr. Bill Cloak, author of Happy Together. Dr. Cloak is a psychologist with a very active practice in Los Angeles. And before the break, we were talking about fighting the good fight and, as a result, creating more intimacy and connection with our partner. But before we go back into the discussion, I wanted to give the call-in number at 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. And I just realized that, you know, there may be no phones in Texas, so maybe it's not going to work. Ah, still no phone lines is what I'm told by the producer. Well, anyway, you can reach us um, at through Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. I'll go and have a little look-see over there to see if anybody's uh, sending in any questions. And Dr. Cloak, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be on the air. <laughs> exactly. Good to be on the air. We are here 
And uh, we're, we're very happy for it, and we're happy together in the moment for it. So Thanks. let's let's talk about let's talk about conflict and fighting the good fight. Uh huh. Well, one of the things I've tried to do is to develop a a step by step process. This is kind of the five steps to resolving couple conflicts. And so I have a whole process that I try to outline in the book, but also I can go over it with you really quickly here, uh, and emphasis on quick. But step one, obviously, in any conflict is to de-escalate. That's the first thing, is calm down, consider what's going on, uh, as opposed, you know, when I'm talking, not opposed to, but when I'm talking about anger being informative, is ask yourself, what's, what's making me angry? What is going on that's bothering me? And what is it that I need to happen here? So the first thing is to back off, cool down, think about what it is that made you feel that way, think about what you know you might be able to do about it and what you need and what you feel. Then make a time. Okay, let's talk in 20 minutes, let's talk in an hour. So the first thing is don't try to talk about anything when you're angry because no problems get solved when people are upset. You gotta wait to calm down. The second process, which is really very critical and something I've found to be quite magical in the work that I do, is to acknowledge one another. Most people don't acknowledge. They start defending right away, or they come in with criticisms, which there's a difference between a complaint and a criticism, which I'll go into in a little bit if you want. But the next thing is to acknowledge, which is, I hear what you're saying, you're telling me this, okay? So each person understands that the other person understands them, okay? And so that's really, really critical. Most of the time, that will be the end of it right there. Just understanding one another can end end the problem right there and you reconnect. So there's a break in the connection that's caused by some kind of natural, normal kind of conflict that may have something to do with some deeper things that you have to then think about in terms of being able to bring them in. Okay? So acknowledgement would be step two. Step three, if you still haven't, if you still are working with this, is what is the problem? Each person really try to define what they think the problem is. You know, when you ignore me, I turn up the volume to be heard. Then you get angry with me for yelling at you. You know, things like that. And so once you define what the problem is, then you start to think about step four, which is what can each of us do to make it better? Okay, I promise to listen and acknowledge you so you won't have to yell at me. Um, You know, I'm placing your concerns uh, in, a, in a future context, my concerns in a future context, like next time, could you do it this way? That would really help me, okay? Rather than blaming or being critical or putting the person, you know, kind of boxing them into a corner, you're letting them out and saying, this is how you can, this is how you can be successful. Because many times people say, I can't win, okay? So when you say, could you do it this way in the future? This would really help me. That's a way for everyone to win. Everyone comes out a winner. Okay, and the fifth step, are you there? I'm here, yes. <laughs> yes. Clunk, so, okay. And the last step is really uh, to make it happen. That the things you agree to, you then have to try to make it work. And if each, couple, each member of the couple can see how each of them is really trying to do those things that are important to the other one, that really makes a big difference. So those are kind of the five steps that go along. And if I could take just one second to talk about the difference between a criticism and a complaint is a criticism is always to make it personal. You're stupid. You're lazy. You know, uh, you're a bad person in some way. A complaint is, this is what I need. This is what's important to me. This is what would make me feel good. This is what I would like. This is what works for me. That's a complaint. 
Okay, so that's kind of like the 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 very rough sketch of what a conflict solution process would look like. And at the end of these five steps, you should feel better about each other and closer. So it's really important to try to resolve these conflicts that keep coming up, understanding where they're coming from, and then making time to talk about it, acknowledging, defining how to make it better, future context, and then trying to make it happen. Okay? So well, what, what, off first, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to say, what I hear you saying is it, it, it is so much like resolving any conflict or, or getting to the other side of any issue. And that is when right. each person shows up being responsible and accountable for their own stuff, their own part of the equation. You can't help really but get to the other side. Yeah. Because yeah. Remember, responsible means responsible. Okay. Able to respond. Mm -hmm. So that's what responsible really means. And that's when another person is talking to us about what they need, that we're able to respond. Okay, we're able to keep our agreements, we're able to stick to them, we're able to respond to the things that are important to each person. And that's how you create love. If someone is really hearing you, and they're responding to the things that are important to you, you love them. That's the, that's the reaction to that. You know? Yes, you love them, and you know, I, I find, and this is the next subject that I wanted to talk about, that that is actually sexy. That when I feel that I'm, you know, heard, appreciated, uh, understood, those are the things that trigger a whole host of other responses that lead us into right. the discussion about sexuality and physical right. intimacy. Right. And sexuality and physical intimacy really have a lot to do with our sense of feeling connected. So when, when especially women, because women are very connection and bonding oriented, obviously, because of the maternal process. So for women, connection is really critical. And I think really it is critical for men too. But men want to be able to have sex to feel close, and women want to feel close to have sex, because women are being entered, men are entering. It's a different psychological process. Uh, Simone de Beauvoir brought this out in the book called The Second Sex, which she wrote a long, long time ago, which most people don't really think about that the physiology of being entered or or entering is very different very different psychologically mm -hmm. so women to let someone inside of their bodies they want to feel close they want to feel safe they want to feel respected they want to feel loved they want to feel cared about they want to feel someone's with them you know and so i think it's a really critical element and i think it's criti critical for for many men but for men, oftentimes they get really all their goodies from sex. You know, that's the way they get their affection. That's where they can show emotion. That's where they can really feel physically close. So for men, it's really like, how do you, how do you get there? And so what's really funny about conflict is that you'll find in in you know, in couple in couple work where the man is screaming at the wife, you know, you're not having sex with me, and I'm sitting there and thinking, well, this this is really going to work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is just really going to get him, you know, onto the right track. He'll get lucky now, you know, and I'm thinking, how is it that people can do this knowing what it's going to create? So, again, we start going back to there's a much more uh, complex process going in where this man probably, what he's screaming about is, I don't feel like you care about me or you want me or you love me. So that would be more the critical piece there because then he'd be screaming. Okay, as opposed to what he would do if he really wants to get lucky, he would go out, you know, and take her out to a nice meal and dress up and 
pull out the chair and say nice things and, you know, go dancing and all the kinds of things we know that really bring us closer together. But a lot of times in couple therapy, you don't really see that. And then, you know, it's something that's much deeper and that can happen. Well, what, this brings me to the next natural question, and that is, what essentially do women want in a relationship, and what do men want in a relationship? And we're not talking about sex, but want out of the relationship. Um, well, men, most of the time, want to feel appreciated, okay? They want to feel that uh, their partner is loyal. So loyalty and appreciation, respect, are kind of critical elements for men. For women, women in general want to feel cherished. They want to feel like they can count on their man to be there, or woman, depending. But it's they want to feel they can count on the other person, that that person will be there for them, that they'll be a stand-up person, and they'll show up when they're needed. Okay, Men want to feel that they can count on their partner, and they think a lot in terms of partnership. And women think a lot in terms of connection, emotional connection. So um, these are processes that are different in male and female relationships, but they're both relevant. And so I see sometimes those differences, but oftentimes it comes down to men want appreciation and women want to be cherished. You know, they want someone to really love them and care about them and be there for them. And, you know, men want that sense of you're loyal to me, you'll be a part of my team, we're a team, we work together, this is what I really like. And there's that sense of, of... companionship that that men are looking for. Have you seen over the years a shift in your practice of the kinds of things that people are looking for in relationship? We are going to go to a break in a minute. When we come back, I think this would be interesting to uh, hear your response about because as, uh, as roles have evolved over the years, I'm wondering if your experience is that people's desires, uh, their, their checklist of what they want out of relationship has shifted. Um, you can touch upon it before we go to break, but we'll, we'll hold the main conversation for when we come back. Well, I think what's really interesting is that in this time of economic trouble, I think people have started to place more emphasis on relationships and more emphasis on what's really important. So I think there's been a kind of national reflection about what really matters. We're going to go to the break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about the shifting roles of men and women in relationships. I'm Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We're here together with Bill Cloak at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. And learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry. Every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. 
For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDoeswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people could be you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doeswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tuggynet.com. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. The winds have kept us in the same orbit. I'm Lisa Cyphers-Kamen, your host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here with Dr. Bill Cloak, who is a Los Angeles-based psychologist and the author of Happy Together, Creating a Lifetime of Connection, Commitment, and Intimacy. Before the break, we were talking about the changing roles of men and women in relationship, and especially how the recession has caused a shift in focus. Welcome back, Dr. Cloak. Good to be back. Loving the show. I love your show. You're doing a great, great thing here. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, let's let's get to it. Let's talk about men and women and the recession. All right. Well, what I was saying before is that I think it's been a sort of a national uh, reflection about about our own personal values. And I think the, the values so much we're trying to drifting towards a kind of very high degree of materialism and success and pushing for success. And a lot of families were experiencing a lot of stress around that. Not that they're not experiencing stress still, but I think people are starting to emphasize the importance of relationships to their own personal lives, to their own soul. And so there's much more of a kind of a sense of uh, uh, what is the spiritual importance of things. Uh, it's more important to be happy, to be personally fulfilled, than it is just to have a lot of to- toys and things around. So I think there's been kind of a shift there, and people are coming in much more interested in trying to find personal and interpersonal happiness than they ever were. So I think it's been a good thing, this recession, in, in this way, you know. Very hard, and also it's been hard on families too because one person will be out of work. Sometimes the woman has come in and been able to be the breadwinner, and men have been staying at home and working with the children because it's harder for them to find employment. Sometimes the employment has been really difficult for both people because of the financial stresses, and that has added to the conflicts in the relationship because, as we know, money is the number one 
source of conflict for couples. And, so. and the money itself really isn't the issue, is it? It's the it's the power struggle behind what the money is. It's it's oftentimes the the, the sense of what happens when the, the man loses power, what happens when the woman gains power, what happens when there's less money, what happens when they don't they're not able to do a lot of the things that we're doing that they were doing before, which were in some ways distracting. And how does just the stress, the financial stress, play out in the relationship with each person so that there's a lot more stress and a lot more conflict because of the money worries? So these are all things that are going on that are different than they used to be. Well, you know, something just came to mind. It's, it, it, it's, it's not cornball, but it's going to come out sounding very cornball. And that is the concept of... You know, sex with your partner, having more sex, more physical intimacy, more time with one another. Mm-hmm. Really, it's free. It's kind. It's legal. <laughs> you know, it, it, and, it, and it feels good. Yeah. You'd think people would be much more after that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, that's what comes to, to my mind. And there's another issue that we have, which is a national epid- epidemic, and that is we have a slew, hundreds of thousands of men and women who are returning from military service who are coming back to um, their families, very different from when they've left. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about the specific concern that a military family would have with reintegrating back into their roles as husband, wife, partner, mother, father, you know, daughter, son, and how this work could impact or assist them. I think there's there's just so many different issues that come up in a, uh, a man returning to the home. Uh, one is that the home has been functioning without him or her. And so there's a whole set of routines and things that people do and that they've set up that now have to include another person. This person is also coming in generally with post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, different psychological anxiety disorders and, and different things that they have to work through, not to mention injuries, wounds that occur in the process of being in the military, not to mention uh, just a whole set of other relationships that they've had uh, in the meantime. So people have grown, they've developed. You know, you, as you say, if you make an appointment with yourself at some future time, you never know who's going to show up. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That is wonderful. Well, that's Jean-Paul Sartre said that, uh, the noted existentialist, which I love his, some of his comments have been great. So I have to give credit where credit is due. But I like that one because, you know, we can't step in the same river twice exactly, and that's obviously Heraclitus. But we come to a different, we have to come into those situations recognizing that it is a different situation, that it's a different river. And people have changed, they've grown, they've developed, there's a whole life that's been going on. So the integrative process has to be very tender and, and thoughtful and sensitive and not coming in and saying, okay, we're starting where we left off, but let's start where we are now. And where are we? And what's happened? And and what can we do to now make this process work in the way we are now with older children and different processes that have been going on, different relationships in people's lives? So um, it's very, very important to kind of take a step back and kind of think about it and be thoughtful and be reflective and and really listen and talk to each other about the differences and the changes that each one of 
the people have been going through while they've been gone. Yes. So, the new norm. It's, 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 new it's norm. coming to a place of a new norm. And that can be uh, very difficult. It's a very, it's a very challenging position, especially when you have, in the case of the military families, where so many of them are young. You know, they they went off to serve when they were in their late teens or early twenties, and they're young adults to begin with when they go, and still developing in so many ways. Right. And then to have military or combat trauma and come home and be dealing with the natural growth and uh, uh, progression of a young adult. Plus the added stresses of of this impact, the war impact, must be very difficult. It is very difficult, and the 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 failure rate in those relationships is is much higher than the national failure rate. So, we know that it's a very challenging process, and that couples who are in the military need to reach out to get help, to get counseling, uh, especially when they're coming in, and don't be. Uh, prejudice about it in the sense that you know we should be able to do it ourselves uh, don't go there because remember help helps and as much help as we can get it's always a good thing so get the knowledge get the information have someone who's an outside third party help you to get sort of more of an objective view as to what's needed so a lot of times people in the military and, and people in general are, are, are basically saying we should be able to do it ourselves but that's not necessarily true because we can't see ourselves very clearly because we're too close to the subject. And because we're inside ourselves, we don't have that outside perspective. And so oftentimes, especially with couples, a lot of things can be going on, they have no clue. So that's why we want to use what we call this inter interreflective process where we're trying to trust our partner in what they see to help us to see ourselves more clearly and and or a third party a counselor or somebody that can come in and and give an objective view so we're, we don't tend to be very objective about ourselves because we're so subjective and so it's good to understand that and remember that um and that's where the magic can occur i i wanted to add because it's in those moments of allowing oneself to be extremely vulnerable and, and trusting another person. And trust is yeah. a big issue for a lot of the service personnel um, yeah. when they return. But it is in taking the leap of faith that magic can happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is, in essence, what a lot of your book talks about, is making space for the magic. Because we all have the ability... Um, on many levels to create these very deeply satisfying and enriching, wonderful relationships. Yeah. It's like um, sex and intimacy are guests. Be a good host. <laughs> good. Well, well said. Be a good host. I wanted to ask you uh, a personal question because it's one that I love to ask each of the guests. Uh, time permitting, and we do have a couple of minutes, and that is about your own happiness. What is your happiness, Dr. Bill Cloak? My happiness? What a great question. Um, I think my happiness comes as uh, the basis of my happiness is self-acceptance. So I think at the very fundamental process, there's a self-accepting process in the way that I have a relationship with myself, that my relationship with myself is, to me, primary because I'm 24-7 with me, and I'm only a partial amount of that time with my wife or my, my grandchildren or my children, so that I have to work it out 
with myself first, that I have to develop a good relationship and find things that, that bring me joy, that bring me happiness, being able to work out a non-intense expectation for myself, but generally do my best and do things that I feel are really rewarding and, and, and helpful and supportive and kind, both to me and to other people. So I get a great deal of fulfillment out of the work that I do, and it's a tremendously wonderful job to get paid to help people, to be able to have work that's so essential and fulfilling and, and means so much to so many people that when you get in there and really work on these things together, it's very joyful. So a lot of people say, how can you listen to people's problems? It's not listening to people's problems. It's being intimately involved in solving them. Mm. There's a great joy in that. And so I get a lot of joy from my work. I get a, got a lot of joy from writing this book. I get a great deal of joy out of talking to people about it. And so I, I'm leading the life that I think is the most powerful way of being for me. That's beautifully said, Dr. Cloak. I want to thank Dr. Bill Cloak, our guest, our uh, Los Angeles-based psychologist and author of Happy Together. His book can be found at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon.com. And here's a couple of thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice, to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Happiness is an inside job. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions until next time. Have a great day, everyone, and make it a happy one. Thank you, Dr. Cloak. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Take care, everyone, and thanks for hanging in with me, the windstorms and the lack of phone lines in Texas. And I want to say thank you to the amazing women who support me in making this show happen every week. And... Uh, for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togenet.